Hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so glad you're here. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. With each week, we will have exciting new guests to grow spiritually, develop personally, and learn how to step into our purpose authentically. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes of connection with the mind, body, and spirit. Happy Tuesday and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so excited for our guest today. Janelle, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Courtney, how are you? So good. I cannot wait for our conversation. It's going to be fire. I can already tell based on the the pre-convo. You always warm up a little bit with a pre-convo on a podcast and you're like, all right, we're ready. Pre-convo is where it's at. (laughs) Amazing. It really is. Get the juices flowing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I always like to kick off the podcast and just have you share your story, your journey, what led you into doing the work that you're doing right now and what is the work that you're doing right now? Yes. I love it. Okay. Well, I will briefly say the work that I'm doing right now, and then I'll dive deep into the story. Um, So yeah, my name is Janelle Lene. I'm the founder of Next Level Confident. And so I go into companies and I teach women how to build confidence in the workplace, um, as well as I'm an author now. And so my book is available on Amazon. It is called Flex Your Confidence Muscle. And so really everything that I do is all about teaching women how to build confidence. And so that could be it is in the workplace, but also like, obviously I'm an entrepreneur. I've had my, my business for four years now. So a lot of the, the work that I do is really targeted to women in general and their thought patterns and shifting our negative thought patterns into empowered ways of thinking and being. Um, and so the reason why I do this, as I'm sure like most entrepreneurs, why we do what we do is because we have pain from our life that, um, we don't want other people to go through or, or we know that people are going through, we want to help them to the other side. So that's for me, I used to seem like someone who was really confident on the outside. Like I seemed like I had it all together. I was like, so happy and positive and cool and blah, blah, blah. But on the inside, I was really, really, really struggling, um, with my self-worth. And that's what like, to me, confidence deep down, it is self-worth. Like those go hand in hand. It's not like, I think sometimes people think confidence is a little bit more of like a surface level thing of like how you present yourself, how you hold yourself, which that is a part of confidence, right? Having your shoulders back, head held high, um, holding yourself in a confident way and having a confident presence. But what that comes from, what's that, what that is rooted in is in your beliefs. And so the premise of everything I teach is that your beliefs lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your actions, and your actions lead to your results. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the result you want in a certain area of your life, you get to look at your belief patterns around what's possible for you. So if you don't have the health, if you don't have the wealth, if you don't have the purpose, what are you telling yourself is possible for you based on maybe a childhood experience that you went through, maybe based on a limiting belief that was passed down from your, from your parents, from your family, or from people around you that told you what was and wasn't possible for you. Um, but our reserve, our results all come from our beliefs. So, um, yeah, so just to take it back a little bit on my story, I, um, when I was about 13, my family moved from upstate New York. I was living in Ithaca. And then we moved to Colorado, Northern Colorado area called Greeley. It's not that cool. And I did (laughs) not want to (laughs) go. It's like a cow down. And I was like, I'm not going with you guys. And kind of, I went kicking and screaming basically. And, um, 
it was around that time really, I mean, there was other things that were seeds that were planted along, along the journey. And that's kind of like what the book is all about. Like I talk about different memories, like there's a memory from fourth grade and a limiting belief was started there. And then there's a memory from seventh grade and, and, and a limiting belief planted there. And so what happens is we create these limiting beliefs from a very young age, and then we often look for ways to confirm them. So that's in psychology called confirmation bias. We look to confirm the things that we believe to be true. It's kind of like if you go shopping for a car, like let's say you're in you're wanting a Tesla and you go test drive a Tesla and then like you learn all this stuff about a Tesla. So you're really attuned to Teslas. Then you might see more Teslas. Like you're like, Oh my gosh, that neighbor has a Tesla. Oh, there's a Tesla. Oh my gosh. There's so many Teslas on the road today. Right. And, and it's really <laughs> there's more Teslas today than there were yesterday. It's just that we have confirmation bias. So we look for ways to confirm the things that we're looking for. And so the same thing happens if like, you know, someone listening right now, like if you were, if you can think of a memory from when you were really young and something happened where it could have been a kind of a small thing too. It could have just been like a moment with a family member or a moment with a teacher where they said one little thing. And then that planted in your mind, a seed of a limiting belief. Like maybe I'm not smart enough or, um, I'm the ugly friend or, you know, there's so many different little lies that we would begin believing at a very young age. And then we look for ways to confirm those throughout our life. And so they kind of, they built, right. And then they become self-fulfilling prophecies even because we keep repeating them over and over and over again. So we end up attracting that as our result, right. We end up, we can, we manifest both positively and negatively. So you can like manifest negative results in your life from constantly focusing on the negative. And so that's really what I was doing at, at this age. And so I was homeschooled for a while and then I went to public school. And, and so I kind of had this like story of like, I don't belong anywhere. I don't belong with the homeschoolers, they're nerds. Then I go to post, so I'm like, oh, but they're so like cool. They know all the like naughty sexual stuff. I don't know, about, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't really, you know, I don't belong in any of these groups. And so I'd always tell myself that, you know, I, um, I'm a woman of faith and like my family grew up in church and I would go to church and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm not like all these like Christian women. They're so like, they're all like goody goodies. And like, they're all just so like perfect. And like, I've always had more of like a rebellious, like in your face personality. And so I'd be like, oh, I'm so loud compared to them. So I just kept telling myself, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I don't belong here. So everywhere I was going, I was always telling myself that. And so, you know, mm -hmm. then you throw that the move in there and, you know, these are just like all these different pieces that come together. Um, but what, what happened was probably around like 14, 15, uh, you know, within a year or so of the move was when I was really starting to wrestle with a lot of dark thoughts. Um, I started to, you know, think about like, what if I disappeared? What if I was no longer here? What if I, first it was kind of like, maybe I'll run away. Like maybe I'll go somewhere, you know, and, and then people will talk about how much they miss me and, 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 you know, it'll be like this big drama and, and my ego got like basically like a, an ego boost from, from thinking about everyone missing me and loving me. And so I was creating this like kind of like a dark fantasy basically. Yeah. And, um, and then, I, you know, from there I, I did start to think about taking my own life. Um, you know, and that, that's, it's sad to even say out loud that that was, that was where I was at, but I started to think about that and I was thinking like, okay, well, if I were to take my life, how would I do it? And, but really what it, I would keep coming back to is the fantasy of everyone missing me but I didn't want to follow through. And so I didn't end up trying to take my own life. What I did is I thought of a way that I could die, that no one could be mad at me or I wouldn't have to do anything. And I thought, well, a car accident would be like the most natural way for me to die. So I literally started to believe that I was supposed to die in a car accident at some point. Like it became like my 
in a weird way, like my purpose or like my thing. Like I was like, I think this is like in my future. And I was like, in some ways I was happy about it, but some, you know, I was also like sad about it, but it, you know, and then I would picture the funeral and I'd picture it being packed with all these people. And so for in my subconscious mind, and it was like a lot of this was very subconscious. I didn't think about it all day, every day. It was like something that I, I was even a journaler back then, even when I was like 13, I would journal and 14 and whatnot, but I never wrote this out, which is why it's hard for me to like pinpoint exactly when it all started to happen really, because I was the happy person. I was the positive person. So no one knew, you know, and I've, I've heard the the quote before, like check on your happy friends, like see how your happy friends are really doing. Because a lot of times, even the people who seem the happiest are, can be people who are really numbing and pretending like everything's okay, mm. um, you know, deep down. And so that's, that's what I was doing. And so for about eight years of my life, I thought that I was supposed to die in a car accident. And because your beliefs lead to your thoughts, thoughts lead to your actions, actions lead to your results. My result was that I was living, to be honest, a pretty mediocre life and nothing looked crazy on the outside. Again, I was kind of just like a hamster on a wheel. Um, I went to college, didn't really care too much about my major. Um, I had a boyfriend of six years and I would just be like, eh, whatever. Like, well, like a, a time was kind of coming where things were getting more serious. And I'm like, oh man, like I kind of want to break up with him, but like, he'll find out when I die. Like that'll, it was like my cop out for a lot of things. Like I, I would like not make any decisions in my life. Cause I would just think like, maybe I'll just die. And you know, it, I'll pause for a second and say, I know probably a lot of listeners don't necessarily resonate with this story. I get that. Um, although I will say the more I've shared this on podcasts over the last couple of years, the more I've had people reach out from like all over the world telling me that they've had a limiting belief that they're supposed to die young, be it from cancer or the car accident, or, um, you know, there's so many different like manifestations that people think of. Um, and some of it's like a low self-worth thing. Some of it's like living in fear. There's, I mean, there's, again, so many manifestations of our brain, but the thing that, you know, I would encourage every listener to be thinking about right now is like, what are the dark thoughts or even just the negative thoughts that you are ruminating on? And are you aware of them? Because I think a lot of times we aren't actually fully aware of the thoughts going on in our mind because they kind of just float there. And it could be just a brief, like a split second, really, of a thought that just passes through your mind. And then you're just like, eh, and then you don't, you don't really face that thought. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, one thing I would encourage everyone right now to do is just start being aware of the thoughts that are going through your mind throughout your day. Like, how do you, what thoughts come through your mind when you look at yourself in the mirror or catch like a quick, you know, glance of yourself when you're walking by a window where you can see your reflection? Is it like, oh, I look beautiful. Or is it like, oh, you look fat. Oh, you're frumpy. Like, what are the little thoughts that you hear playing in your mind that are speaking to you? Um, how do you, like when you show up for work and you're on an important meeting, do you hear yourself thinking thoughts like afterwards? Oh my gosh, I sound like an idiot. Like, why did you do that <laughs> dumb thing, right? Like, are you beating yourself up or are you encouraging yourself? And so these are like the things, like if we become more aware of our thought patterns, um, like our, we change your life as you choose new thought patterns. But I didn't realize that my, I was thinking so many dark, dark thoughts. So that's kind of where the story, the story lays right there, Courtney. Wow. Um, I, I relate to your story very deeply. Um, I will never forget. I think I was a sophomore in high school and I had a very abusive home and I was always super freaking happy and mm -hmm. I was always bubbly and loud and singing. And like, that was just my mm -hmm. mask. That was, you know, everything's good on the outside. Everything looks good. Everything is good um, to cover up what was going on behind the scenes when I would dread going home or 
um, dread my real life. And so school was like my escape for a little while until I dropped out. And, you know, I will never forget we were on the bus and there was this girl and she was kind of like the punk girl. We were in summer school together when I started to like get into weed and stuff like that and let my grades slack. And one day we were on the bus and she looks at me dead in the eye and she was like, I, she was very intuitive, but she was like that weird girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was like naming people's issues and she was like dead on on everyone's issues. And people were kind of like stunned. Like everyone would make fun of her and then oh, wow. she'd call them out and people were like, Oh shit. So one day I was happy and I was singing and we were doing our thing and she looked right at me and she goes, you have issues at home. And I said, mm-hmm. what? And I said, I no." everything's good. Like I'm, I'm good. Mm. And she was like, no, you're not. You're too happy. And she's like, it's not normal to be that happy all the time. And she goes, you're happy all the time. And she goes, you don't show any emotion. And I was like, holy crap. And that stuck with me. Granted, it took me 20 more years to figure out my life, but (laughs) you know, I really like to beat my head against a wall. But what you're saying is like, you know, those beliefs that we hold on to and we, we believe so deeply that's our story. We, we literally write our own story mm-hmm. and that becomes our path and we create it whether we want to or not. And that's why when people are like, oh, manifestation is bullshit. Well, you, you're manifesting shitty things. That's probably right. why it feels that's like bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I can just imagine what your thought patterns are like. You're cynical <laughs> and you judge everything. So you're judging yourself. Yeah, anyway, yeah, you can go down the whole pathway there, right? Of like, you're lacking belief, right? You're lacking belief that if you change your mindset, you actually could attract a new surrounding, a new future, a new reality for yourself. Like we really do have, we can't control everything. You know, there, there is a level of detachment that we get to have to life of like, we can't control everything. I think especially for me, because I, um, I speak for fortune 500 companies and I work with a lot of really, really, really driven women. A lot of the women I work with are, you know, and myself, I'll include myself in this, there is like that level of like wanting to control everything. So there is a fine balance between taking ownership and being in control of your thought patterns and being, and believing that you're allowed to attract your reality and that you're manifesting things in your life. And the the fine line then on the other side is like, but trying to control everything, right? Because we can't always control timeline. We can't always make things happen in our own timing, you know, like, oh, I should have done the, it should have made it happen faster. It's like, well, sometimes it doesn't happen exactly in the time. And so it really does come down to self-trust, like trusting yourself that the timing will work out or that even like if certain doors close that like, you know, you were hoping to attract, maybe there's a reason why that door closed the way that it did. And maybe there's something actually better for you and something more in alignment. And so you keep having to come back to trusting that you know, God or whatever it is that you believe in, like is working all things out for your good. Um, and sometimes that means there are some closed doors and, and those, those suck too. They like, sting a little. <laughs> they sting for sure. But if you come to this place of like trust and belief of like, okay, the right doors are opening. and I believe that the right things will open. I trust myself to walk through these different doors and sometimes we'll walk through the wrong doors too. And that's okay. Like it's not like, it's not even right and wrong. I don't know if I want to even label it as that, but yeah, there's times you'll do something that you'll, you know, you'll be like, oh, that actually wasn't for me. Why did I make that choice? But again, there, we're not going to get anywhere from doing a beat up session, right? There's no, the beat up session doesn't help. So I, I guess then to like kind of go back and finish my story is that, um, for about eight years off and on, well, I mean, it was basically just 
it was on, but it was again, very subconscious. I didn't think about it every single day, but I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to die in this car accident. I'm going to die in this car accident. And my life was, you know, fairly mediocre because of it, because, you know, I didn't really think like, I actually, I remember even there's some movie that I watched where I remember, I think it was, um, was it like Chad Michael Murray or what was his name? Like some, it was someone. Oh my gosh. You know what it Wasn't was? Wasn't he like was in Captain Cinderella or something? Maybe, yeah, the Cinderella. Yes. I freaking love that oh, movie. I did too. Oh, it was so good. And then, um, I think, wait, Step Up, you know, Step Up. Oh yes. Who's, why can't I think of his name? The really hot guy in Step Channing Up. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure this is from like a Step Up m- m- moment of the movie where Channing Tatum says something to like the, you know, his hot dancer wife jenna yes yeah jenna yeah oh you're so good with the names i love it um i remember he said something about like i don't like to dream big because then i can be disappointed or something like that i remember they're like out on this like cool like pier over the water and i remember thinking like when he said that i was like yeah that's true and even though the movie was there to show you that it was okay to dream big or whatever i still resonated more with that of like it feels better to not dream big it feels better to actually like kind of like a layer of basically numbing, right? And a lot of my book, I talk about numbing and how we, a lot of us are numbing ourselves with busyness. Mm-hmm. It's not that numbing is just like getting really drunk or like doing lots of drugs. It's like, well, numbing could just be that you're every blank space you have, you're always scrolling on social media and you can't, you know, you don't ever allow blank space in your life. Like you could be numbing via constantly cleaning the house or doing your to-do list or getting stuff done, you know, like building your career. Or if you have a family, like you're just doing, 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 you're never allowing yourself to be and to reflect and to think about like, am I actually happy with the trajectory that my life is on? And so, you know, when I talk about flexing your confidence muscle, that's the name of my book, flex your confidence muscle. It's like the ultimate flex is loving who you are and being so proud of yourself that you take action on your most audacious dreams, that you take action on these scary things. And I don't even believe in like, I know a lot of people say confidence means fearless. I am like with writing my book, oh my gosh, so afraid. When I started oh, speaking yeah. to companies, so afraid. Like every step of this way, I have been feeling fear and and insecurity and not good enough. Like you, they're like <laughs> every freaking trigger. So it's like, if you're living a safe life, you might not even feel these triggers, but if you start to take action on your life and do things that scare the freaking crap out of you, that's when you're going to start to feel the triggers. Cause that's when your inadequacy will start to like pop up and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, like, am I good enough? Can I do this? Like, you know, what if, what if it sucks? What if it's, you know, but you take the action while feeling the fear anyway. Um, so anyway, I, for me, until it was, it was when I was graduating college, I graduated in college in 2014. And it was around that time that I finally, I had told a few people along the way about the death thing, but I never really wanted to like, I just, yeah, I didn't really want to like tell people because it was obviously, it felt really dark and weird that I thought I was going to die in this car accident. Right. I didn't bring it up. A few times I did bring it up and people, and I'll oh, get this Courtney, like, I feel like you'll really resonate with this, but I would tell people and the first time I told someone, it was while I was drinking. So yeah, of course, really great time to tell <laughs> one of your best friends. And she was also, you know, drunk and we're in college. And I said that and she goes, oh my gosh, you know what? My parent, my dad's best friend always thought he was going to die young. And then he did die young. And I was like, see, and I just did the confirmation bias. I confirmed like, okay, that's my truth. I believe I'm supposed to die young. So I'm going to die young. And then I've told the story on numerous podcasts. One time I was on a podcast and I shared it. And the person next to me started crying 
it was a few few women were on the podcast. So there was three women total and me. The woman to my right starts crying and she said, my dad always believed he was going to die young and he did die young. The one to my right said, I've always believed I was going to die young and I and I never knew, like I never really even faced this fear before and now you're talking about it and now I'm crying. Anyway, and then they're like, can we just cut all of that out of the podcast? We ended up like cutting all of it out, which like I can get. It was very vulnerable for like yes. the two hosts to be experiencing that during the podcast. Yes. But what I do believe is that I believe in self-fulfilling prophecies. So I do wonder if I had continued to believe that I was going to die young, I you know, every time I would drive, I would visualize it, right? There's power in visualization, whether our visualization is po positive or negative. And there's manifestation, whether it's positive manifestation or negative, right? So I, I really do wonder sometimes, like, if I continue to believe that lie, it might have happened because I might have attracted that based mm -hmm. on even, you know, even just from a physiological, like, my, I'm more tense whenever I drive. When I was in Colorado, I'd be on the ice, icy roads. I would think, is today the day that I'm going to slip on the ice and it'll, that'll, this will be the day where I, you know, die. If you visualize a cracks over and over and over again, it might happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so grateful for, at the end of college, I ended up telling two of my mentors and it was two people, it was a husband and a wife from my church and they were my mentors. And um, I remember telling them, it was like the first time I ever told someone in like a safe capacity um, where we're like sitting down, in the, in the living room <laughs> no like, alcohol no alcohol like I'm just actually bringing this up like a, you know actually facing this um and it was the husband who said oh my gosh do you picture your funeral I was like yeah he's like do you picture being packed do you picture everyone like saying nice things about you do you get this ego trip I'm like yes 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 how do you know this and he is like I used to have that same lie I used to have that same limiting belief and um, that night was just a really powerful night for me because, you know, not only did I meet someone who had the same quote unquote crazy thoughts that I had, but also he was able to speak truth over me and just say like, your creator doesn't make mistakes. You are born with a purpose. You are born with innate gifts inside of you. And this is a darkness that's trying to hold you back. But the, the truth and the light is telling you that your life matters and that you can do anything you put your mind to. And he just spoke truth over my life. And, you know, for me, I'm a woman of faith. So like there was prayer and just like an insanely powerful on a spiritual level, things shifted for me that night shifted. Mm -hmm. And from there on out, like my results started to change like crazy because I finally believed that my life mattered. I broke up with my boyfriend of six years immediately, like within a week or two of that conversation. Cause I was like, well, if I could live my whole life, like this guy's screw you. Everybody, yeah, like you know my person. Bye. Yeah. Screw you. And then like from there, I um ended up moving to California, um, which is I had always dreamed of living by the ocean. So I moved there by myself without a job, without like anything at all. But I moved across the United States by myself and, and then I switched my career. Like I had just graduated college with like a random degree because I didn't really give a crap what I chose my degree in. And then I was like, well, if I had to live my whole life, like, what do I really want to do? And so I started literally giving myself permission to dream big. I started giving myself permission to like do all these things that were on my bucket list, like even like random little things. Like this is now very frowned down upon. It's not a good idea, but I had this random thing on my bucket list where I really wanted to hold a baby tiger. And there was a place in Colorado that let you hold <laughs> baby tigers. I know. And now after T Tiger King or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, this is actually really, it's not okay. And that everything luckily has shut down because that's, I guess, you know, they're like drugging the tigers. Anyway, it's horrible. Right. At the time, that was my dream. And even little <laughs> things like that, I was like, I've always wanted to hold a baby tiger. So I found a tiger place that lets you hold baby tigers. And I held a baby tiger, which again, not good. But, and I got, you know, now I'm like, oh, I guess I shouldn't. But the, the point of that is for you listening right now, 
the listeners, it's like, ask yourself, what are even some of those like little things that you've always wanted to do? Like, it could be so random. Like, oh, I wish I went to the farmer's market every week and, and like my local farmer's market. Oh, I wish I had a dog. Like start asking yourself, like give yourself permission to want things. Like maybe it's like you want to start doing your hair and makeup every day because it makes you feel more beautiful. Maybe it's, I don't know, like there's so many big dreams. And I obviously that's like a huge, like moving across the United States or like quitting your job and launching your own company like I did. Like there's all these things that are big, but there's also little things. And so Mm -hmm. as you start to like shift your reality and realize there's like little moments that you can begin to see yourself as worthy and see yourself as valuable and make the time for yourself and do these, these bucket list type items. Um, because you're coming from a place of like, my life matters. So I'm going to, I can do whatever I put my mind to. And that's, that's what changed my life was like literally having that mindset shift on a very, in a very big way, a very big way. Wow. And I, you know, I, I think it's interesting too, because I think more people have these thoughts, but the fact that I think one of the huge things that I heard was that like, you didn't feel safe to be heard either to even vocalize that, that someone would think you were crazy. So that night with your pastor, being able to actually feel heard and not be judged, like mm-hmm. be in that safe place to be vulnerable. Um, Cause I think the more we open up about stuff and I mean, when I first got sober, it was like, I thought, like, I wouldn't even go to the grocery store in my town, okay? Because I, like, wow. I was like, everyone knows I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and after I started opening up about my story, it was the same thing. Like, so many people came to me and they're like, oh, my God, this is this. I'm doing dealing with this. This is happening wow. to me, which is what encouraged me to go back to school um, to learn about the brain. Because I'm like, why are we all hiding that we all have issues? Why are we all mm-hmm. hiding that our brains think fucked up things sometimes? Like it's yep. a, we make it so shameful. Right. And um, so the fact of being so young and carrying all that shame subconsciously and not even realizing what it was, like I can only imagine the freedom that came the minute that you got that experience to be like, you know what? F this. I am going to live. I'm going to go fly. Yes. Yes. Totally. And I wish it was more like acceptable to talk about these things. I think that's the problem is that because all of these types of like negative or dark thoughts are, they're frowned down. It's especially, I think toxic positivity is part of it. Like, it's like, oh, well, you have to be positive and happy all the time. And even a lot of personal development kind of sometimes feels like that, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like be positive and um, like, the idea of like immediately trying to shift your negative emotions. Whereas like I teach my clients and I teach the people that I work with and talk about on social media, it's like, feel the emotion, like let yourself feel it. And I love, um, I'm sure you've probably heard of this with all the work you've done, but have you heard of the feelings wheel before Mm -hmm. or the emotion wheel? Mm -hmm. And so like anyone who's listening, if you, if you type in like emotions wheel or feelings wheel on Google, you'll see a wheel that has like probably a hundred different types of emotions in it. And they're in different categories. Like there's like an anger category and then there's a happiness category and a sadness and a, uh, you know, and they're different colors and stuff like that. Cause the colors kind of match your, you know, the energy of that, right. Anger is red and whatever. Sadness is blue. So, but then there's like more, there's better words. So you can like really put words to how you're feeling. And I think that because we're so busy numbing, like we're a society of just like numbing and moving on and busy, 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 do, do, do. And we're never making the time to be and feel and even just acknowledge our emotions. Um, I think that the wheel can be so helpful for being like, okay, this is how I'm really feeling right now. And just let yourself feel it for a little bit. And then that's what I've noticed is like the best way to get the feeling to go away and heal from a natural standpoint, because I'm not forcing it to go immediately. I'm not putting a bandaid on top of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just letting myself feel it. 
sit with it for a while and then think about the root. Like, okay, so I'm feeling jealousy. I'm feeling overwhelmed, whatever it is. Where did that come from? What what happened? Like what what triggered you? And right. digging into that trigger and journaling it out. You know, I'm a big, big proponent of journaling. Like start sitting with your thoughts. And so if you're someone who's listening, I mean, obviously, Courtney, you're like in- incredibly intuitive. And so probably all of your listeners are already doing a lot of these things. Um, but we all need the reminder of like, what are we pretending not to know? What are we numbing? What are we what are the things that we're running away from and slowing down long enough to answer that question? And even with like your dreams, like with me writing this book, the book has been something that's been on the back of my mind for like a couple years, but I kept telling myself I'm not ready yet. I'm not good <laughs> enough yet. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not skilled enough. Right. I need to have more Instagram followers and, and more TikTok followers and a bigger email list. And uh, <laughs> I need to make more money yearly that then I'll be truly qualified to write this book. Right. And, and so we all do this to an extent. We'll put things out in the future of like, well, I can do that once I'm like X, Y, and Z. And so writing the book for me was very vulnerable because I'm like, I was overcoming a lot of my own limiting beliefs around like not being good enough, even in writing the book. Um, and so for you as the listener, ask yourself, like, what are the, the, the dreams that are in your heart? What are the things that are on your mind that you keep wanting to try or they keep coming up? Maybe you don't even want to. That's the thing is I think sometimes we resist it. So you won't even, <laughs> it keeps coming up, right? Oh. Like there are people, right? Like people speak it over you. They're like, oh, have you, like, you seem like you would do really well with this. And you're like, Uh, well, I've thought of it, but no, or maybe later, you know, and and pushing what are the things that keep coming up, whether that's in your own brain and your own gut, or is it people speaking it over you pay attention to those things. And then Mm. ask yourself, like, why are you putting that on a future date? Like what limiting belief is blocking you from having the result that you're looking for? Yes. And I, you know, I want to touch back to your feelings thing because I, (laughs) It resonates so much. I remember when I first got on my healing path, I was like, okay, I got to stay positive or my manifestations won't come true. And mm-hmm. I got to say all these affirmations and I would wake up every day at 5 a.m. and be, and I'm the type of person, like I need eight to nine hours of sleep. Yes, I've same. got three kids. I run businesses. Like I need to sleep, right? Or I start yes. breaking down in a mental breakdown by three o'clock. So, you know, <laughs> Crying. keep it real. My life's so, over. Yeah. I was like, it's done. Yeah. And, um, but I was like, I would hear all these people and they're like, you're not successful. And then she'd wake up at 5 a.m. I'm like, okay, fuck this. I'm getting up at five. I'm going to kill myself. So I'd get up at five. I do my workout and I was literally killing myself. And I was preaching this to other people and God, sorry to all my first clients. Um, sorry. Um, and then I realized, you know, I would, I would get mad at myself and it was like this, this fight in my head. Mm. And when I really got into neuroscience and I really got into psychology and actually studying how the brain works and the science behind it, I was like, okay, this is all bullshit and things that people (laughs) have come up with to make money. Um, this is not true. And I realized that like, and the one thing, cause I need permission slips and I know a lot of other people do too, right? Like we need to hear something that gives us that permission slip to change what we're doing. And for me, that permission slip was that an emotion only lasts for 90 seconds. It is our beliefs around that emotion that take us into a fucking spiral. And when I heard that and it, it was in class and my, my professor was teaching and they were going on on all these things. And I was very resistant in school because it, it went against a lot of things that I grew up being taught. And so I, it was mm-hmm. it was like sandpaper on my skin. And I really had to embrace a lot of things. So it was like the self-healing thing while I'm trying to help other people. I'm like, oh, gosh. Wow. Um, but hearing that, I was like, God, 
how true is that? So I started setting a timer on my phone, as silly and ridiculous as it sounds, but I, I need like, <laughs> I need to know what I'm doing and the time that it's going to take because it doesn't feel good. And I don't like to not feel good. That's why I drank. Right. And so right. I would literally set a timer for 90 seconds and I would just fucking sit with it. And I'd be like, okay, this 90 seconds is going to suck. I feel sad. I feel pissed. I want to divorce my husband. I want to run over this person. I want, you know, whatever it was. Yes. And I would just feel it. And I'd be like, okay, let's do this. And I, I would cry. I would scream in pillows. I would start punching things because I was never allowed to feel rage. That was bad. Yes. And so I started actually like acting out my, obviously in a safe area, <laughs> but acting out my In the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. I'm not throwing tantrums in the grocery store but I would shake I would dance I would do all these things to get it out of my body and when wow. I started doing that after the 90 seconds it would go off I'd be like huh, that wasn't that bad that really wasn't that wow. bad that's cool I've never heard that 90 second um the 90 second timer thing that's a really cool tool I'm definitely gonna try that I I what I do a lot is do the really dramatic thing I find if I get even so it's like we think if we feel sadness or pissed off or unmotivated or whatever, we think we should try to do the opposite. I try to press more into it and get even more dramatic. Like what you just said, I want to divorce my husband. I want to <laughs> run over that. Like I try to like, I'll, I'll talk to my husband and I'll be like, okay, I just need to have like a bitch fest for a second here. I'm like, are you here for it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm about to get crazy. He's like, okay, go. And I'm like, I hate this person and this <laughs> sucks. And like, my life is over and like, everything is horrible all around me. And I just go like, really <laughs> dramatic with it. And then afterwards I feel so good. I'm like, all right, my life's pretty good. Let's be honest. You're like, <laughs> okay, I'm it dispels, you know, to your point. I love that. I used to write because I have a, I would have a hard time like controlling like my thoughts at first. And so I would just kind of blurt things out and then I'd really regret it later, you know? <laughs> and um, so I, my notepad on my phone became my best friend. So like, especially in a relationship, like with my husband, because we went through a gnarly healing journey together mm -hmm. while married with three kids. We just, wow. we found ourselves and like, let's talk about how kids trigger you in general when you're oh, on I can't a healing journey. I can't even imagine. So my notepad, I would get pissed off at my husband and I would write him like super mean notes. And I, I was looking on Facebook one day and it was like this wife that she's like, oh, I made a doll every time I was mad at you. I was like, oh shit. Well, that's a lot probably more healthy than what I was doing. A doll? A doll. Like she, this woman, oh my gosh. I was like, wow, what a saint. She would get mad at her husband and she would go sew a little doll. And I'm like, were they like voodoo dolls? But they were like what? nice dolls, right? And so okay. she would hide them. And like they were like in their 80s, they'd been married for like 40 years or something. And he found like all these boxes of dolls. And he's like, What are these? And she's like, Oh, every time I'm mad at you, I go and make a doll. And he's oh like, Oh my god. Okay. What a story. <laughs> but to but to have an outlet that's healthy, something right. that worked, you know. But I'm like, Right, whatever works. I'm just wow, a doll. That I'm just thinking about the a dedication doll. of how long the doll took. I'm like, how long did the she doll? She was take? really pissed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> a needle sewing fabric you know I, I get it right I know I'm like why wow. okay I think that I like the 90 second timer thing a little more just yeah I, little, I mean we didn't have cell phones back then the could really, but yeah good for her wow all the dolls mm -hmm. that was before social media right exactly that was before social media <laughs> wow that's so funny but yeah I mean I think that the the main thing is like it's so normal to mm -hmm. feel emotions, you know, it's so normal to like experience, I think to your point, like letting yourself feel anger or like emotions that are kind of deemed as like 
especially I think for women, like, I mean, yes, you can really get me started on like a feminist talk here. Um, but like, I just think women are taught to be small. Women are taught to be sweet and cute and nice and pleasant. And like, that's just, I can't stand that BS. Like, it's just not, I'm like, women are allowed to be whatever they want to be. And you know, if a man can feel a certain emotion, then a woman's allowed to feel that emotion too. And I will say in a man's defense, they're also taught to not feel very many emotions or like, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so men are also trapped in different boxes. So I'm not here to say that, you know, society doesn't just do things to women. They do things to men too. Um, and so it's like learning how to decide society's telling us that we need to be like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. And yeah, it is true. We're put in these boxes that are not okay and to get our way out of the boxes i mean there's a lot of bubble wrap to get out of <laughs> like mm-hmm. a lot of unwrapping and peanuts here. and yeah all the shit um cardboard yeah <laughs> so i love to give the audience your l and i know i'm putting you on the spot here um three takeaways of ways that they can really embody confidence within their lives like if they are listening to this and the listeners are like, yes, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to die in a car accident, or I'm thinking that I am going to, you know, um, completely fail at life, or I'm thinking I'm just going to repeat my parents' mistakes, whatever your individual story is. I've talked to enough people at this point in my life to realize that every fucking person on the planet has a story. Yes. And it's not always the best written out. And sometimes we need to um, grab out the eraser and start over. And so to do that, where's a starting point? Because it can feel very vastly overwhelming when you're just starting. Yeah. I love this question. So the first thing that I have all of my clients do when we first begin working together is creating a list of all of the limiting beliefs. And so what, what that means is like starting to become aware of your thoughts that are like sabotaging you or things that pop in your mind throughout the day. Um, and I actually have a really good resource for it. So if anyone is wants help with this journaling prompt, it's, um, you can get it on my website, nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle. And, um, and you'll see there, it's a, it's a worksheet called the number one way to build your confidence muscle. Cause I keep talking about how confidence is a muscle. It can be built just like any other muscle. Um, and so it'll walk you through, um, how to think about your limiting beliefs, how to think back to childhood where those limiting beliefs might've been, um, potentially created and then to write out the truth and the truth never feels like the truth when you first write it out. That's just how it is. Like the limiting belief still feels true, feels like your truth. And then the truth feels like the lie. Cause you, you're like, that's not true. Like if your limiting beliefs, like I'm not that smart. And then you write out the truth, which is I'm smart. I was born smart. I have innate gifts inside of me, right? Like speaking truth and speaking life over yourself. um, That's the first place to start. So that way, anytime you start to hear the limiting belief pop up, you you get out of a meeting or you you finish something, you're like, oh, you're so stupid. And you hear that thought pop in. And then you can, you know, one really practical way to to cancel that is I say the word cancel. And I, a lot of times will do a snap or a clap at the same time. Or Ooh, sorry, I like that. Not, not necessarily, sorry, not a snap and a clap at the same time, one or the other, because you can't. Really <laughs> I was following what you were saying. You were like, wait, how would you? Whoops. I'm like, yeah, it's like pat your tummy, rub your head. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, I don't know why I said, like, anyway, but yes, <laughs> a snap or a clap because it's a, it's a pattern interrupt, right? We're looking for ways to interrupt the pattern that's happening in your brain so we can create a new neural pathway. And so snap and say cancel and then intentionally choose your truth. 
again, you won't believe that truth when you first say it. So in that moment, if you're like, you're so smart, everyone loves you, you crushed it. I'm so proud of you. Like you're going to say all those things. You might not believe it right in that moment, right? It might feel a little cheesy or corny, but what you're doing is you're putting a placebo pill into your body every time you do that. So over time, you're going to start to trick yourself into believing this new thought pattern, which is incredible because that's the thought pattern you want to believe. Um, that's the power of auto-suggestion. Auto-suggestion is speaking things preferably out loud because you heard lies out loud spoken into your ears. And so when you say affirmations or when you say um, new new things that you want to start believing, I, I'm really big on the believer. I'm a big believer of saying it out loud. And, you know, if you're a big Louise Hay person, which sounds like you are, mirror work, so important, looking at the mirror mm. while you say it. So that would be the second tool. So number one, grab that free resource I mentioned, work through your living place and the truth. Then take all the truths and, and this is number two, start saying your truths out loud while looking in the mirror every single day. And just get in the habit of saying it. And but you're not always probably going to be able to like in every given moment be able to say your offer all of your affirmations like on your phone or something like that. Um, so sometimes you might just be driving and you hear a thought, and then in that moment you just go cancel and then and then speak a new thought. But what I will say is once you start memorizing all of those truths, they come like more quickly and then more easily. So it's kind of an easy way to recollect if you had just said it earlier that day, then it comes to mind a little more quickly. And also it's just subconscious stuff that's going on there. So subconscious things are changing while you start speaking these new things over yourself. Um, and then the third thing, I mean, this one, this one's, I guess, for the person who's kind of like me that had a lot of dark thoughts, but never told anyone. And, and you act like the happy person, I would just encourage you and, and really, I mean, beg you to, to bring your dark thoughts out into the light and share them with someone, you know, whether that's a professional um, through a hotline or therapy or whatever it is, or if it's um, a sibling that you really, that you trust or a parent or a friend or a colleague that you trust. Because when you keep your dark thoughts in the dark, they continue to build shame. They continue to build, mm. they breed more negativity. They breed more, um, more darkness. Darkness breeds darkness. And so once you bring it out to the light, it's scary to be vulnerable like that. I mean, I didn't want to be vulnerable and I, thought I could do it all by myself and I was trying to be strong. I thought that vulnerability was weakness. Um, and I thought that talking about those thoughts were weakness, but the reality is now I feel more connected to people because I share e even now, you know, even, even with the career path I'm on, it's still a constant process of staying humble and sharing the dark thoughts and sharing the thing, the negative thoughts I'm wrestling with, because just cause I'm a personal de development, you know, public speaker and coach and author and podcast or whatever, like, that doesn't mean that I'm above that stuff. So like I continue to be vulnerable about things that I'm currently struggling with. Like if you all follow me on TikTok or Instagram, whatever, like you'll see it all. Like I continue to keep, be open about the struggles because I think the second that I, I or any, any other leader or anyone at all starts to pretend like life is perfect. Right. And have that <laughs> happy face all the time. Like you and I used to, used to do. It's like, I think that that's so dangerous. That's, that's yeah. not, that's not really living. That's not really, um, that's not confident. Like if you're confident in who you are, you're actually okay with sharing your, your imperfections and not from a place of shame or guilt, but just from a place of like detachment. Like, it's okay. It's okay. I don't expect myself to be perfect. I love myself exactly as I am. I'm growing. Um, but I also will continue to make mistakes and I'll continue to be a human. And like, we're all humans. You know, I always remind, I'm like, Oprah, Tony Robbins, like, I know that they feel negative emotions. I know that they, you know, like just, it doesn't matter what level you get to in life. 
you're still a human. You know, we're all humans and vulnerability is just goes so hand in hand with confidence. So yeah. Anyway, reach out to someone. If you're struggling with some dark thought pattern, um, please let someone in this. It's, it's worth it. Cause that's how you're going to be able to overcome those thoughts. Um, so obviously Courtney and I are available for you to reach out to us and, and share with us. And then, um, of course there's other, uh, resources available as well. Like, you know, a suicide hotline, for example, if you're wrestling with really dark thoughts. So I always want to make sure I say that because, um, it's so important no matter who you are, bring your dark thoughts out into the light, share it with someone. Yeah. And I, it takes the power out of it too, when you're able to say what's going on in your mind, because our, I mean, it's messy and Mm -hmm. our minds sometimes will trick us. Yeah, they really will. Um, so if the audience would like to connect with you directly, where are your hangout spots? And I also, for the listeners, I'm going to put Janelle's book in the show notes. I'm going to put that worksheet. I will link it. Um, I know it makes it a little bit easier if it's all in one spot. Yeah. Um, so I'll add that all into for everyone. Um, and also put in direct ways that you can maybe email us too if you're not comfortable reaching out on social media, if it's a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, but for HubSpots and if it's not deep and you just want to connect and follow, <laughs> I'm like, let me just flip that script real quick. Yes. Yes. I know. I'm like, definitely send an email for something a little bit heavier yeah, because some sometimes like- the Instagram messages you know, do our best to keep on top of them, but sometimes they get buried. So, um, yeah. So Instagram is at Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L-E and then underscore Lene, L-Y-N-N-A-E. And I'm actually on TikTok a lot these days. I I resisted TikTok for so long. I love TikTok. (laughs) I literally like, I'm like addicted to TikTok now. And I'm like, my people are there. (laughs) I know. I know. So yeah, definitely loving life on TikTok. Um, and then my website, nextlevelconfident.com. And then, yeah, of course, my book is on Amazon and it is called Flex Your Confidence Muscle. And it's available for pre-sale right now. So you can buy it. It says, um, because this episode's released today, it's important to say that it's available for, for Wait, Kindle. your book is released today? No, 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 no. Because this our podcast is being released today, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I thought you said your book was released today. I was like, hold on, we're not celebrating this. What? Yeah. No, no, no. It was actually released on my 30th birthday, which was about three weeks ago. And happy birthday. Thank you. I know. So excited to be in my 30s. So amazing. 30s are good. Um, yeah, 30s. I'm like, I really age is first of all, age is just a number, but second of all, like we get better with time, you know? Like I'm like. I was like looking at some pictures of myself and this is going to sound so cocky, but I was like, dang, I'm like way hotter now than I was like five years ago. I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, I'm getting better with time. Let's go. <laughs> On my 35th birthday, I looked back and I was like, I'm in way better shape than I was in my 20s. Right, exactly. So it's it's pretty, it's kind of fun when you like realize that, and maybe some of it's just confidence, like I'm more secure in who I am or something, but I'm just like, I'm loving myself. So it's okay. 30 is great. Anyway, so I launched my birthday or I launched my book for pre-sale on my 30th birthday and the book actually comes out on hard copy on July 7th. So if you order it today, you'll get your pre-sale copy. It will say for Kindle, but I just want everyone to know you don't have to have a Kindle to be able to buy it. You will have access to it if you have a smartphone or a computer or whatever, so you can still purchase it. Or if you want the hard copy, you can wait till July 7th and get the hard copy on that day. So yeah, that's... That's it. Flex your confidence muscle, people. Go get it. Yes. Yes.
Flex on them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, and just who you are. This was amazing. Thank you, Courtney. Right back at you. I had a blast hanging out with you. And I just know if your audience is like you, like just so many incredible women and people who are just growth minded. And I just, you've been a wonderful, wonderful host. Your energy is amazing. So thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a takeaway or something from the conversation that really just resonated within your heart center, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it in the comment section so we can give you more of this content. As always, please subscribe, save, and sharing is caring. We love you to pieces. Have a beautiful and blessed day.